1: Welcome to the Light Years Podcast. For those of you who joined us on Locker Room, I uh, appreciate you. If we can get the file recovered, we're going to post it, but this is a special additional episode. I feel like the Warriors falling into what might be the start of a free fall deserved a bonus episode. And for that, I have Aaron Larsoul. Aaron, how are you doing?
2: I mean,. <laughs> Not great. I mean, I'm okay. Um, and as I said, as I said on the locker room, um, I don't usually get emotionally attached to games. I work in the NBA, work for an NBA team, so I don't generally get emotionally attached to to games or to teams. Um, but the Warriors are the team of my youth, so I'm 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 still a few hours after uh, the game. I'm I'm still pretty frustrated. So <laughs> let's get it.
1: Let's start here. So I I don't want to get into the minutia of the game um, in terms of, you know, breaking down play-by-play. Steph, very efficient. Everyone else on the team looks like they play basketball for the first time in their lives. We've seen this 50 times this season, right? Sometimes Steph makes up for everyone. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, I want to get into bigger picture stuff at this point. So for me... What's most frustrating is we're at game 50 now. And by the way, the Warriors are very much in danger of not even making the play in game, which 15 games ago, I would have considered being in the play in disappointing. I thought they were probably going to, they had a shot at six, you know, if they fell to seven or eight, I would have been a little disappointed, but I thought they should have clearly been right there with Portland at the six seed. Now I'm wondering if they're going to have the 10 seed. Um, what, I, what I'm asking you here is where are you at with this? Because we're 50 games in and I have not seen any progress. I've not seen anything in any direction from this team.
2: I mean, there isn't any, it's like you're, you're putting it too, too kindly in, in my estimation. No, it's not like you haven't seen any, you haven't seen any because there isn't any. Um, and that opens up a whole bunch of other questions. Um like the teams that are in the same stratosphere as the Warriors just aren't any good. It's 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 like embarrassing is not the right word. It's concerning, I guess is probably the right word. But like Portland isn't any good, right? Portland is whatever. Particularly the
1: with particularly with And that they've that had CJ. everybody
2: hurt, right? They haven't had their line. Like the Spurs are bad, Memphis is bad, San Antonio's bad, Dallas has some talent, but has been bad most of the year. So I think it's, I think the, the bigger picture is it's, it's concerning the stratosphere that, that the Warriors are in the teams that they are bunched with. And at this point kind of falling behind, look, um, the Pelicans probably have more talent than the, than the Warriors. They are just allergic to playing defense and have also had a bunch of injury issues. So they have fallen back, but the, the fact that that the Warriors are kind of treading water with the Pelicans and the Kings of all teams who for most of this season had statistically the worst defense in NBA history. I mean, it's, it's plainly concerning and whatever you think about the Warriors overall talent and who's responsible for, for the acquisition and implementation of that talent, the Warriors have the best player of any of them. So like we can put the the secondary and tertiary pieces to the side for a second, like Steph is better than Dame. Steph is better than Luca. Steph is like Steph's better you, than
1: John ja Morant.
2: Yes. Until until you get to LeBron, right? Like demonstrably Steph is better than all of them. So um, yeah, I, I I think it's just it's it's plain concerning and you know.
1: And I think uh, we need to also tie in, you know, as up and down as Draymond has been,
2: he's still more
1: of an impact player than who's the second best player on the Grizzlies right now
2: uh J- jaron jackson jr who hasn't played all year it, well that's what i'm saying he hasn't played a single game um yeah, uh, dylan is, brooks maybe yeah, exactly maybe. uh maybe.
1: we can we can look at the dallas mavericks okay chris Tapps has started no
2: poor, poor, Zing- poor can't poor can't move anymore Kristaps' his feet are in cinder blocks he can't but, move anymore but all
1: i say is like even if you want to say okay the last 15 to 20 games he's found his offensive flow They've played 50 games. So you're, you're talking about 30 plus games where he was mostly a non-factor. Correct. Um, CJ has missed 30 games. Uh,
2: CJ was, uh, when CJ was playing, he was better than Dame, uh, you know, uh, when he was yeah. playing in the first but 20 games. Mi- he
1: missed two months. Missed Correct. two months.
2: Right. And and, and Nurkic has been out and Collins has been out. Yeah. Uh, like These are not demonstratively
1: more. T- and then the Spurs, like, I don't get me wrong. I love, you know, DeJounte Murray, Patty Mills. Ah, uh, Keldon Johnson. Um, you know, Demar Derozan. I no, let me, these, be, let me let me let me be players. clear. None the of Spurs them don't there. have anybody. Yeah, exactly.
2: The Spurs so, don't have a guy.
1: And so, so it starts bringing up some interesting questions. Which is, um, why are the Warriors in such a mess? They do still have a better than five hundred record with Steph Curry, but as we saw on Friday night, there were on. You know, I mean, the the drop off without Steph is historically bad yeah but it's also but
2: it's also predictable because um it has been this way right it was obviously this way last year when Steph played whatever five games or whatever he did but even even when the Warriors had perhaps and actually you know what I'm not even gonna say perhaps I'm gonna say actually the the greatest assemblance of talent ever I think I think the Warriors with KD I think right. those are the best teams in NBA history. The, 2000, I think the, the 2017 tough... warriors have a case to be the greatest team of all time. Correct. But even, even in those scenarios, when Steph left the floor, the offense was a disaster, right? Like even when though, even without Steph, even with the greatest collection of talent ever, when Steph left the floor, the warriors were somewhere between ordinary and not great.
1: Very media very mediocre, which is not yeah, what you'd so, expect so, for a team with Durant. So I
2: don't playing. I don't think it's I don't I, I think it's unfair and I think it is letting the front office, the coaching staff, et cetera, off the hook to act like this is a surprise. The the Warriors have not had somebody to get buckets, somebody to run offense outside of Steph, even with KD and Clay. Andre and Iggy and, and Livingston and Bogut and David West and whoever else you want us to, and Jared, shout Dett, out to Ian Clark. Exactly. All right. Like the last time the Warriors had somebody that could get offense on his own in a second unit outside of Steph was probably Andrew Barbosa, which was at this point, like eight years ago. So um, I don't think it's fair to say, like, to be surprised at what's going on. The Warriors haven't been able to do this for years. So, like, the it, it feels like a just kind of a a personnel and coaching both failure to not address something that has been obvious to Warriors fans for so long.
1: So let's 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 pull this back to this game because this game is like a perfect microcosm. James Wiseman, I thought, played a very positive first quarter. It was probably the best he's played in 10 to 15 games. Uh, Not perfect, but, you know, he's a rookie and no one expects perfect. I just saw confidence. I saw uh, strong finishing inside. He had a couple jumpers from outside. He made some strong contests on defense. He also Blew some rotations, but that's to be expected. All in all, he played with a level of confidence we haven't seen in probably a couple of weeks. At yeah, decisive. I
2: think it's I think it's decisive. Deci- decisive
1: is a great word. Yeah.
2: Decisiveness. That you're right though, because it's decisiveness that comes from confidence.
1: Yeah, because he's he's physically like the one percent of one percent in terms of like you just don't find guys who move like that at that size. So literally, if he just plays with confidence, he's going to be a general plus. He does not play the rest of the first half. In the second half, he looks like a rookie again. And it it, kind of gets back to the issue with his rookie year, which is, you know, a lot of fans will say Lamelo should have been the pick, which is fair. Lamelo looks amazing
2: or looked amazing until he broke his hand.
1: Um, You have a broken hand
2: uh <laughs> shout, out, shout out shout out me and mello with the broken hand although yeah. if he has to go through what i'm going through for this then his career might be over cuz this is this is surgery 3 on my broken hand so oh, rough rough anyway it's not great, um, it's
1: not great. what I, what i was going to say is Wiseman looks like a for the entire year he's had his minutes yo yoed and i feel like that is mm-hmm. part of the issue with his confidence and if we want to talk about big picture issues with this Warriors team, they blew tonight's game against Atlanta, but they did not get Wiseman minutes. So they're not developing or chasing wins. We can talk so think- about the fact that Steph did not come in early in the fourth quarter. And that's probably why they lost the game. Steph comes in at the eight minute mark. They win. Steph came in at the six minute mark. They lost. That's fine. If James Wiseman's game developed and you can sell me on this idea that we're going to go through these growing pains to make James Wiseman better next year. But at the same time, James Wiseman didn't play any of those minutes. So the real question is have we gained anything this season? And that is where I'm like, the answer is no. And that's, what's frustrating.
2: So the answer is no, uh, right? Like I wish I had a better story to tell you, but the answer is no. Um, And I'm going to take it a step farther. I, okay. Okay. I have been right. I've said this on this show. I've said it on other shows I've been on. I've said it on y'all you know, locker room show, post game right. show. Um, I think Steve Kerr, simple and plain, needs to be fired. Um, I was out on Steve Kerr when he embarrassed Wiseman with the COVID thing. When COVID, when he didn't show up for the test, right? If you and look, that's by that's though, the way, the report
1: is he didn't show up because he was his mom. But w- whether you uh no matter what it was he did, it's pretty well reported he was not at a club at four yes, in the Right. He did so, he was a 19-year-old who had a brain fart, which is so I don't, not acceptable, but also like cut the kid slack.
2: I have I have no issue, right? If that's not that's unacceptable and he messed up. And you're going to suspend him for a game, and you communicate that to everybody, and you say, "Look, James missed this test. Oh, I he has see. to okay, do this." You're going
1: different direction last thing. Yeah,
2: right. no. So I'm okay. I'm okay if that if that's what you want to do, right? And you mm-hmm. want to say, "Look, it's not okay. We needed him. That's also caused him to miss a practice coming back from from the All Star break." I'm okay if Kerr says this is not acceptable. I'm gonna sit him, and that's just everybody knows. You're going to send him because he missed the test. I'm okay with that. But he didn't do that. He kind of just left it nebulous. He, he said he was really disappointed. Wiseman missed the test and then didn't do anything. And then, so nobody knew what, and every, the assumption was he was going to start coming back from the break and then he didn't. So nobody knew what was going on. And so everybody goes, okay, I guess he's just not going to play. Then the Warriors are getting beat by 145, they just uh, they the were out of that
1: game in the first five minutes. Yeah, it was one of those. And then, nights.
2: and then you don't play him at all, and then you bring him in with the scrubs in the fourth after you're down a million. In my opinion, to embarrass him, that I'm not okay with. If you want to say, if you want to make an example and say he's sitting because he missed the test, fine, I'm okay with that. But to make it nebulous and then embarrass the kid who who obviously has confidence issues that was not acceptable to me now it's just coming so, coming, it, coming it to comes, tonight it yeah. looks like it's i mean i
1: don't want to go back to 3 weeks ago but like i feel like it needs to be brought up that's such a archaic coaching strategy it's it comes across like someone who
2: watched Hoosiers and thinks like that's how you coach young players yeah but i'm good i'm i'm even good i'm good if you want to discipline him if you want to say right. this is the rule you broke the rule you mess this up. Here are the consequences, right? And then it's not a story anymore. The story is he missed a test. He's a kid. He overslept or he forgot or whatever. And it's done. I'm okay with that. But when you like drag it on into the game and don't say anything and then let everybody assume, oh, okay. They're just going to not play him because he missed the test and then make a point of playing him in a game that has already been decided in garbage time, in garbage in garbage time. time and embarrass him that, that I'm not okay with as it relates to tonight and the rest of the season and the, and you know, the season previously, I think Steve Kerr, I think Steve Kerr is a really, really great human being. And that matters more than any of this shit, right? Like he's a great, I think he's a really, really great human being, which matters more than any of this. I also think he is brilliant. I think he is a very, very smart human. And I think on balance, he's probably a really, really good basketball coach. But I think he's lost the plot. And all of our all of our British uh, all of your British listeners shout out think, Arsenal
1: he, fan TV. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. And and perhaps I, I don't know about Luke in, in Australia, but maybe they say that too. Um I think he's lost the plot. And when I s and and my point in saying that, or or my reason for saying that is because I think the organization, you, uh, you and I, and, and you and Andy on the show have talked a lot about trying to thread the needle and trying to do two things at once, and they've accomplished neither. But um, I think that Steve Kerr has been most vocal about, he has a quote, right? We're not chasing wins. Um, we're not going to wear out Steph. Talking about playing for next year. Um, when, when Clay comes back, we have a better shot at whatever. Right. And, and by the way, I disagree with him because Clay is not solving this, in my opinion. But especially a damage. Yeah, by the
1: way, neither is Kelly Oubre.
2: <laughs> but the, I think the, I think the, the, the problem with that is they're doing neither. Right? If yeah. you wanted to say, if you wanted to say, look, we're not chasing wins this year. We're gonna finish wherever we're gonna finish. We, we'd like to make the playoffs, but we'll finish wherever we'll finish. And we're gonna develop for next year. I would say I disagree with you. I I don't think I think it is I think it is coaching malpractice to waste any second of a top 10 player all time, which I consider Steph's prime. I think that is coaching malpractice, but I'll accept that. We're gonna develop for next year. Okay. I accept I disagree with it, but I accept it. Or your other choice, like we're gonna win every single game we can win right now, and we'll deal with Developing James Wiseman. Shout out, we'll shout out Tom Yeah, we'll do with that when we can. That that would be my suggestion, but I will accept either. The problem is they're doing neither. If you are not going to play Steph an extra minute or two here and there to try to win games, okay, I disagree with it, but okay. But then you can't play James Wiseman 17 minutes tonight when he's having demonstrably a one of his good games. if he's having a good game you can't sit him because yeah. then you're doing the you're not developing him either I think that was what was most
1: frustrating for me because in the first quarter it looked like he was finally snapping out of a slump he was in and you know he had a couple terrible games previously and rookies will do that and sure. tonight looked like a game I mean he hit a So he hit a long tube because he had his foot on the line, which is a very rookie move. But, I mean, he was was four for six in the first quarter. He looked very good, Um, as good as you could hope. It looked like a game where he could really get going and you could kind of build on his confidence that hopefully, maybe in a month's time, he could be a contributor in a play-in game or something like that. Instead, they just yo-yo his minutes. And I just... I don't I don't see where the development's coming. They're not practicing but, uh, very much. But where do
2: you so so the question though is like I get it if there's like a cohesive strategy to that. Mm-hmm. But what do you think like yo-yoing the minutes okay fine but to what end? Do you do you have any like handle on the purpose for that? It
1: seems like they're they're trying to thread the needle and they're doing neither they're not they're not playing Steph 39 minutes a night which is probably what he needs to play for them to win games um and not every night but like a, t- a night like tonight he needed to play 38 39 minutes instead of 36 right um actually I'm gonna pull up his box he needs so about three on, more on, minutes
2: so oh, I said on on the locker room right on, on the locker room before maybe we'll get that file maybe not but How many more games, if Steph had played just 20 minutes more over the entire season, right? Well, it's game 50 now, right? If Steph had played 20 more minutes this season, let's say it's two more minutes in 10 different games. The Warriors are, what, four games of, what, 23 and 27? Correct. If Steph, I I believe if Steph had played just 20 more minutes, which wouldn't actually change his, like, minute per game average over the year, it's less than one minute a game. It's less than half a minute per game. It's about
1: being decisive about where Do you think they this could be is a 27 and
2: 23 game? instead of 23 and 27? I think if so. If you play 20 more minutes.
1: Dallas is 27 and 21. I don't think Dallas has demonstrably more talent than the Warriors. I just think Luka plays five more minutes a game than Steph. That's really the difference at this point, right? Um, I, I'm looking at this right now. Yeah, Luka's playing 35 minutes a game, and that counts blowout games where he's been rested a little bit. So yeah, I mean, he's playing about two more minutes a game than Steph, and that's probably the difference between the two of them.
2: And I'm point. not even asking for two more minutes a game. I'm asking for two more minutes in, in ten games. In a quarter of the games.
1: Yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, there's a Spurs game, there's a Mavericks game, there's the Hawks game tonight. There's um look, we're really testing my memory of all these disgusting losses. Um <laughs> there, yeah, there's, there's like okay. So you play them two more minutes a game in 10 games that were losses. That's, let's say they win five of those. That alone pushes them to the six seed. That's the difference right there. That's the difference between Damian Lillard and Steph Curry right now. Dame is playing a few more minutes every game and they're testing it a little more. They're letting him, they're riding it. They're riding it. Like Portland's not particularly good. It's just that like Dame knows how to close games. And part of closing games is just letting the guy have. 20 more possessions 10 more possessions which is really what you're talking about like two minutes is what eight to ten possessions right letting them just literally have a few more opportunities on the floor to change the flow of the game
2: uh correct i also you and i tweeted about this i don't i don't remember if we texted about it but we tweeted about this what are you making of the like And we're back to exactly the Kumbaya Kerr share the ball triangle stuff. After do you do you think that it was specifically going to run more pick and roll because that's going to be that will be more effective against the Bulls or that just happened to be what worked then and Kerr's back to doing Kerr things. That's the interesting
1: thing to me because if we go back to it, they all said we're running more pick and roll in every press conference, and that was let's be real, that was about James Wiseman. Um, Because Steph doesn't really care. Steph's very happy. I mean, he's... Hold
2: on. Do you think Steph doesn't care? Or do you think Steph... I don't think he ...doesn't care so much that he's going to make a thing about it? What I... I don't think
1: Steph cares about getting his offense in pick and roll. I think he's comfortable getting his own offense in any way he can because he's a complete player. He's very comfortable operating off ball, doing it in different ways. I think he
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Win, But I don't think he's, like, married to, like, this is my style of play. Fair. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's um, fair.
1: So they went to it, and they went away from it, and that's where it's it's just frustrating and so i want to i want to take this back because we're kind of talking in circles here um and i feel like on some level this whole season has been talking in circles because quite frankly the way they've been playing and coaching has been in circles so um
2: you ain't lying (laughs) look no one's perfect
1: even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded the best golfers, sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash light years now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A US-licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get roman.com slash light years. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Let Let me ask you straight up here. Are you more upset at them not overextending Steph's minutes to chase wins? Or are you more upset that they're not developing Wiseman properly? Like, are you... Are you more upset that they're not twenty-seven and twenty-three, or are you more upset that James Wiseman is a worse player today than he was January fifth, three months ago?
2: I am more upset. The former. Let me let me be like let me be direct about it. I am more upset because that is more certain. I think you could ship James Wiseman, not trade him, but just if you like magically teleported him somewhere else. I think there are plenty of places that he would be better than he is now, but that seems like a crapshoot. I was the first person to colonize Wiseman Island. Um, I have concerns, but more long-term concerns now. Um, I thought that there was a chance he would be a hall of famer. I thought that his floor was a multiple time all-star. Now I have like more long-term concerns. Um, partially somewhat because of the warrior's development somewhat because of him, but even at best that like developing a prospect, I think is kind of a nebulous thing, you know, what it is with Steph. Um, And so I think that, I think that the like original sin for all of this is not maximizing Steph. So I am, I think it is, I think it is more egregious. I think it is more, uh, I think it is more unacceptable to not maximize stuff. Okay. I honestly, at
1: this point, I'm not sure which one bothers me more. I I just, I'm more upset that they're not doing either. I could accept either at this point. So I,
2: so, so so that, that, that right there, what you just said, that is the most important point. Yeah. Like even if I, even if I disagree, like even if you want to tend towards development and I disagree with that, like, You can explain it to me. You can make a case. This is neither. It's death by half measures because you're doing neither.
1: Where did the Warriors go
2: from here? Here's,
1: I think we need to end on this question. I mean, end is nebulous in its own right. But um, (laughs) uh, where do they go from here? Right now they're 23 and 27. They are a half game up on the 10 seed. They're in danger of falling out of the play-in game, which would be, I mean, to call it a colossal failure would probably be an understatement because now you probably open the door to Steph considering his future. I mean, he's probably already considering his future at this point, right? He has one year left on the contract. Who knows? I I don't think this season's gone in a way that makes him feel confident about the future. There's also Draymond who um, is gonna be more direct about his uh his wants and needs. Agree. And and then you have James Wiseman who took number two overall. And I don't think you can feel confident that he's a cornerstone for the future. Agree. Um he could be, he should be, he has the talent to be, but like through one year, let's just put it this way Charlotte feels a lot better about Lamelo going into next year than the Warriors
2: feel about Wiseman going into as next. they should. Um I think that if if we're gonna like really simplify this, I think Wiseman doesn't matter. I think Draymond doesn't matter. Um I don't think Steph is leaving. I think Steph is actually Neither that yeah. I think Steph is actually that alien that like is I mean what what is it his his tweet from like 2009 which is we're going to figure this out. I yeah. promise you we'll figure this out, right? So I think there's still a lot of that in Steph even after winning three championships and two MVPs. I don't think that Steph is even going to consider actually going anywhere else I think it would be good for the Warriors if he were to exert some pressure like I think Draymond might on the front office I don't think it's a Draymond question I don't think it's a Wiseman question I think until for at least the next handful of years I think it's a Steph question Um, the thing that scares me about where do we go from here is I think that the front office slash Steve Kerr slash ownership is probably too comfortable with thinking that, uh, Clay Thompson solves this. And even, even if Clay Thompson, I, my, my expectation is Clay Thompson is probably 90% Clay Thompson offensively and 70% Clay Thompson defensively. So if you think he's like 80% Clay Thompson in, in aggregate, um, But even if Clay Thompson is one hundred percent Clay Thompson, I think the front office and ownership is a little too reliant on Clay Thompson coming back solves this because I think even if you get one hundred percent
1: Game Six Clay, yeah.
2: (laughs) But here, but well, here's the thing. I I like to make like to put a very fine point on this. Even if you get Clay is Game Six Clay for eighty two games next year, I'm not sure that this roster with game six clay for 82 games is a championship contender. And I think the front office and ownership is a little too bold about relying on that.
1: I would agree with you there. I think they have a lot of questions to answer going forward. I, you know, I think they're a little, I think they're aware of those questions, but it's not a comfortable place. Like any way you slice it this year has not been productive let's 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 call it what it is
2: correct and and by the way and after last year which was supposed to be the gap year
1: right yeah they've they've now double gapped it (laughs) i guess the best way to put it and um we don't know if james wiseman's a piece for the future we don't know what clay thompson will be going forward we know what steph curry is but he's 33 years old and they don't they haven't really done much in the margins like i i like jordan pool but like I don't know that he's, you know, a building block for the future per se. Oh, and, and you've made the,
2: and, and you've, you've pointed out very astutely that he only became a piece that we could consider right, when moving forward team. when he was not with the big club. Right. And then the longer he's been back with the big club, the worse he's gotten.
1: Yeah. I mean, competition's level is better, but at the same time, it's like the confidence has slowly been trained. Yeah, the
2: competition was good. The competition was the competition the first five games he was back with the Warriors true, too. Sure, yeah.
1: I don't know. It's it's a mess. We'll we'll keep following it, but I, I think the Warriors are just – gun to my head, is there another – is there a team with more pressure on them this offseason than the Warriors?
2: Hmm. Uh – Boston's probably like in that. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. Boston. Good call on Boston. Yeah. Boston's but, not,
2: Boston, but I don't know if they have more. I think Boston's probably in the mix. Um, I mean, then,
1: they're in, they're in year one of Tatum's extension. So while it's not trending in the right direction, they're not facing some of the, uh, direct questions. The Warriors are with stuff. Sure. But they also
2: it. have like the same record that the Warriors have. And they were supposed to be,
1: they went in, to these Eastern conference finals last year. Yes. They were supposed to be there.
2: Uh, I think, well, you know what's, you know what's, I think is interesting Clippers, is I, I guess Clippers might, might have, um, the, they, I was going to say, they're, like, state depending state on, point, yeah. depending on some playoff results for a bunch of teams, I think the Clippers could have some real questions. Uh, Philly could have some real questions, kind of depending on, Philly's had like a
1: positive thing this season. Um, uh, but yes, if they, if they go the same route in the playoffs, those questions yeah. will come back.
2: But I, uh, but I mean, uh, I think, I think like a referendum, even not including the playoffs, just kind of what this, this regular season has looked like as a referendum on where an organization, where teams are organizationally, I think the Warriors are probably like the front of the list, meaning like most, yeah, I think, I think as a regular season, I think the Warriors organizationally have had the most disappointing regular season. Boston's in that mix too, but I think the Warriors have had the most disappointing regular season.
1: Yeah, they have some and and they would tell you no one can plan for clay getting hurt two days before free agency and a week before camp opens in a weird season. By the way, this has been a weird season for everyone. And I do think it's fair to point that out a little bit, but also again, we're not we're in a worse spot today than we were at the beginning of January. And that is something that needs to be discussed. And they need that, that can't be that can't be where they are going forward.
2: I mean, you're not wrong, however, and I thought the best thing they could do once Clay, I, I think they made the best move they could make with Ubre once Clay was was hurt. I think that's the best move that you could have hoped for. So like you have you have your three, you have three of your big money guys, right? Your your huge contracts. With Steph, Draymond, and Wiggins, mm-hmm. like those are your big three guys. Clay will put to the side, right? So it's not like that shocking, and I give them credit, right? And, and I give Lake up credit; he was willing to spend the money. And I think the best you were gonna do was Oubre with the uh, the, the TPE, and it hasn't worked. So, like no.
1: Uh, go figure. Putting Ubre, Wiggins, and Baysmore in a ball movement, hot read and react system did not work. Who could have seen that coming? Shocking. Anyway, um, we're gonna end it here. Hopefully, the locker room file is salvageable, and we can post it tomorrow. Appreciate everyone. Rate, subscribe. Aaron, appreciate you as always.